My Car Guru, Season 11, Episode 88. Well, hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of My Car Guru. Glad to be with you. I have an interesting topic, I think, for you today. Would you be mad if... Dot, 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 question mark. These are things... Well, this is kind of a test. I'm going to test you, although I can't hear your responses. But I'm going to tell you, really, it's about things that you should be mad about. Because, I mean, I already know the answer, but I'm going to go over them anyway, just for your benefit. I think you'll enjoy it and get something out of it that you can pass on to somebody else. This is one of those episodes that if it's a podcast, if you're listening to one of my podcasts, you need to forward it to anybody that's young, maybe some oldies too, but mostly young people who have never bought a car before and maybe will be in the not-too-distant future. This is one of those shows. Okay, but it also applies to automotive service, not just automotive sales. You know, you can go to the grocery store and pay too much for tomatoes or steak. I always do that. I pay way too much for meat. And lately I've been paying way too much for meat and it's not very good. No, it's not because I can't I don't know how to prepare it or grill it. I know how to do that. I've done that for many, many years. It's it's just not good meat. But we're not here to talk about meat. We're here to talk about your car. So would you be mad if, let's talk about the first one. Would you be mad if you bought a vehicle one week ago? Then you read in the paper, and paper, you read online that the company has just decided to cut prices as much as uh, 10% on those vehicles. This just happened to us. We sold an F-150 Lightning, that's the electric F-150, to a customer a week ago. Yesterday, we had no idea this was going to happen. Ford announced, or, or Jim Farley, who is the CEO of Ford, announced that they were, are slashing prices because they figured out how to make these things cheaper. And they're going to cut prices. Well, on the example of this gentleman, it would have saved him $8,934. Plus, his vehicle would have qualified because it put it under the threshold to get the federal tax credit of $7,500. Let's add those two numbers together. This truck would have cost him $16,434 less if he had just waited a week. Would you be mad if that happened to you? He is. And what can I do about it? Nothing. I have no power. I'm just a dealer. I don't make the cars. We just are a representative of the Ford Motor Company, and we sell their cars. Now, we do warranty work. We do anything that pretty much that Ford tells us to do. We pass along rebates when they get them. We pass along price reductions because they pass those price reductions along to us. Any F-150s that I have in stock, I will automatically be credited the amount of the price reduction. Unfortunately, a person who bought one week ago will not get that. Is that fair? You know, it is so much money, it seems totally unfair, but you think about any product out there. I mean, if, you, if you're talking about going to, I don't know, Belk, you know, Belk is a, is a clothing store. And, you know, one week, uh, maybe these really nice sweatshirts are $29. The next week, they, and you bought one. And then the next week, they're on sale for $19. Do you have the right to be mad? Well, you can be mad, but that's just business. That's the way things go. That's on a sweatshirt. 
You know, we're talking about big money here. Now, the, the federal tax credit, that was a number that the Biden administration figured out, well, determined that if a vehicle cost more than a certain amount, like I think it was over $80,000, then eh, you're not going to get any kind of federal tax credit because if you're buying a vehicle that costs more than $80,000, you don't need it. So, But the $80,000 was the number. So this, would, this price reduction would have put his vehicle, actual vehicle selling price, MSRP, under 80. So that means he would have qualified for the $7,500 tax credit and the price reduction. Now, I've got another F-150 Lightning sitting out here that came in uh, about a week and a half ago. It's a sold order, and the guy lives in Asheville, and he hasn't been able to come over and pick it up. That saved him $8,934, whatever that number was. No, wait a minute. He had a platinum F-150, and it was even more than that. So just by waiting, he got the credit because he hasn't picked it up. Is that fair? Well, it may not be fair, but that's just the way it is. Hey, would you be mad if you found out that the car you bought had a prior accident and it wasn't disclosed to you when you bought the vehicle? Can you get out of that deal? Well, you can if there was fraud involved. If it was a mistake, then the, you know, the dealership didn't disclose it to you because they didn't know it. They didn't pull a Carfax or an auto check. So when they sold you the car, they represented it as a undamaged car. They didn't say it was undamaged. You didn't find out it was damaged until after the fact you decided, or somebody said, did you ever pull a Carfax on that? Well, no, I guess I didn't. I'll, I guess I better do that. Oh, my goodness. It's been in a wreck, and, and the airbags were deployed. I'm going to go take this car back. Can you? Well, the dealership doesn't have to take it back. You can force them to if you take them to court. So, But that's something you'd rather find out up front, wouldn't you? So always pull a Carfax or an auto check report to make sure. But that doesn't mean that it hasn't been in an accident because a lot of people buy vehicles, and when they wreck those vehicles— they don't turn it into their insurance company because they don't want their rates to go up. So they pay some body shop under the table. Well, it's not really under the table. You know, they pay them three or $4,000 to fix the car, and they don't turn it into their insurance company. And it doesn't negatively impact the value of their vehicle because it doesn't show up on a Carfax. You can see why somebody would do that, don't you? Or can't you? But I'd still be mad. What if they told you it was a one-owner car, meaning that, one person bought it new, and then you were buying it from them, or really buying it from the dealership, but the person who owned the car was the original owner. You find out the original owner happened to be Avis Car Rental. Would you be mad? You know, the reality of a rental car is it doesn't really have one owner. It has thousands of people who drove that car. Everybody had different driving habits. You know, the good thing about buying a rental car, though, is that they do follow a Pretty rigid maintenance schedule. So, you know, you can count on the fact that the oil's being changed and, you know, regular service is being done to the vehicle. You cannot count on, on, you know, the type of drivers that were driving it. So if a dealer told you that it was one, one owner and it ended up being Avis, they didn't lie, right? But they didn't really come out with the whole truth either. So I would be mad. Okay. Would you be mad if you bought an extended warranty and your big old fancy infotainment center in the middle of your dash quit working? You take it to the dealership, 
And they say, well, we can fix it. It's going to cost $600. Wait a minute. I have a uh, extended work. Well, it's not covered. Would you be mad? Well, there's two people that you can be mad at. One is you because you didn't read the coverages and the exclusions on the extended warranty that you bought. Did you? Well, I shouldn't have to read it. Well, yeah. Buyer beware, right? So read the coverages. Make sure that that all the components are covered on the vehicle except those that are disclaimed. That's the type of warranty that you want to buy. You don't want to buy a warranty that says we cover all these things. Because what's not listed? Well, obviously on this warranty, the infotainment system was not listed. And so that's going to cost you $600 to fix it. If it's just one of the modules, it could be more than that. It could be way more than that. So would that make you mad? You could have gotten a really poor explanation. You could have been sold something that you didn't really know what you were buying, or you didn't even know that you were buying it. We'll get into that here in just a second right after the break. You know, there's a lot of things that I allow myself to become frustrated with, that I get angry. My wife can tell. She looks over and said, are you mad? Yeah, kind of. She, she knows that, going, that waiting in lines is not my thing. And I don't really take it out. I just get this look, apparently. She says, Lenny, you got the look. Okay, I'll smile. And it's a fake smile. But the thing that will really make me mad is that if somebody lies to me or deceives me in some way, that gets, that gets me. And I'm going to deal with it. I'm not going to worry about hurting somebody's feelings. I'm not going to be abusive or you know throw things or yell and scream and make a scene. I don't respect those people that do that. You may be a a scene maker. I hope not. But that rarely gets what you want. It just makes everybody look bad. And and then you go back in the office and you've alienated everybody and they don't want to help you now. So it pays to be nice. But my dad's saying, I've said this before, his was firm, fair, and friendly. You can be firm. You can tell them what your point is and that you are frustrated. You know, you can, but you can be friendly. Maybe not buddy-buddy friendly, but, you know, kind of like I am right now. I can be, I can turn it on. You know, I can turn on the the charm if I have to, if I think that's what's going to help me get what I need. I can be nice. I can be less nice and just very business direct, but I'm not going to scream at somebody. I'm not going to yell at somebody. I'm not going to insult them. That's not how I get what I want. So mad, getting mad, does different things to different people. But you were the one in control of that. I had a good friend at one time. He was proud of his temper for some reason or another. He said, oh, see this uh, see this chip on my shoulder right here? Don't you dare knock it off because you don't want to see what happens if you knock that off. He was literally proud. I mean, he didn't say that, but he was literally. He would use his temper as a badge of honor, and it's not one. Okay, would you be mad if work was done on your car that you did not authorize and they were going to charge you for it. Well, Mrs. Johnson, we found that you had your uh, self-lubricated Congo bearings were making a noise, so we went ahead and replaced them, and that's an extra $220. What? Are you going to pitch a fit with that? Is that going to make you mad? It's going to make me mad. I want a phone call, right? I want somebody to call me. You deserve that. Here's what you do when you go into a dealership. You say, okay, I'm authorizing you to do this to fix this particular thing. I don't mind it if you look the car over 
and you see something else that needs to be done, but please do not do any more work on the vehicle than what I'm authorizing right here and sign the repair order. Okay? So if they find something, then they're doing their job. My next uh, would you be mad was if they found something wrong with your car unrelated to your complaint, would you be mad? Would you think they're trying to pull the wool over your eyes and sell you something that you don't need? Well, if you feel that way about that business, then you shouldn't be going there anyway. I mean, you should have a trust relationship with the people that you're dealing with. But I, I realize that has to be earned. And that can be blown real easily by somebody telling a fib, you know, or not getting something done when it was promised. Now, you know, we've made mistakes, many mistakes over the years. I mean, there are probably people listening to this radio show that have done business with us, and they experienced a failure on our part. I don't know. But the thing about us is, in my business, if we fail, we want to know about it so that we can fix it so that we don't fail again. Uh, we use those as learning experiences. Now, occasionally, you'll, you'll get a little pushback. You might see a look on a face or something like that where, you know, they feel like, well, they didn't make any mistake. They did everything that you said, and there's a disagreement. That's when a manager has to get involved and come in and, and hopefully solve the problem in a way that preserves the relationship. You know, make the customer happy. Folks, the customer is not always right. I know there's a saying that says, well, the customer is always right. Well, they're not. I mean, they're human. They make mistakes, and they think they said something that they didn't say or that they asked for something that they didn't ask for. And sometimes uh, it, it's the other way around. You know, the, the service advisor thought that she said to go ahead and replace that, that, that she authorized us to do that when, in fact, she, she didn't. So those kind of things can be resolved. You know, how do I resolve them? Sometimes I'll just give them the repair and just say, well, this was our mistake, and, and we'll just eat it, and uh, we hope that we will be able to continue to do business with you. Sometimes I will um, discount a repair if I feel like it took too long, you know, if there was an, an issue. There has to be some kind of accommodation, but there also has to be an apology. I've seen so many people, you go to a restaurant, for example, and they get your meal wrong or they don't cook your steak right or, you know, there's some issue with it or it took too long and, and they come back, well, the kitchen is just really backed up. You know, they say something like that. They never apologize. Folks, I'm really sorry, you know, that it's taken as long as it is. Uh, we're having a few issues in the kitchen, but I hope you'll bear with us. And in the meantime, can I get you something else to drink? It'll be on the house. You know, if the dealer, I'm sorry, if the restaurant empowers their servers to take care of customers, it takes the sting out of it, doesn't it? Okay, what else would you be mad if? What if you finally read your paperwork? You get home a couple days later and it maybe falls out of a notebook or falls out of the glove box and you look at it, see, you know, I'm, I'm going to look at this paperwork. That payment just seems awful high. And you realize after looking at the paperwork, that you paid extra for something that you didn't even know you bought. There's an extended warranty on there for $2,600. Now, you think you would notice that, wouldn't you? Well, you won't if you don't read the paperwork. There's one very important, well, really, there's. I'm going to give you four things to, to be aware of. Number one, buyer beware. Not that you have to have a chip on your shoulder or be you know, not nice or very defensive. Just be aware. Uh, look at the things that they're talking about. Listen to what they're saying. 
especially during the negotiation and when you go into the finance office. That's where you need to really watch and hold on to your wallet. Now, you're going to get presented with with different options of things that you can buy if they do it right. If they do it right, they're going to show you a menu of things that you can buy to protect your car, like, I don't know, prepaid maintenance. That's not a bad thing to buy as long as it's not too expensive. An extended warranty is a great thing to buy if you keep a car a long time and, and you also... Uh, can't afford to make an unexpected repair, that the monthly payment is about all you can do with the insurance and so forth. And, you know, you've got a budget at home, and if you all of a sudden had to spend $1,500, $2,000 on a repair, it could really knock you for a loop. That's the kind of person that pays an extra $15 or $20 a month on their monthly payment to get an extended warranty so they don't have to worry about things. Or if you're, a, like, for example, just a few minutes ago, we sold an extended warranty. A guy bought a vehicle two years ago. And before it runs out of warranty, he wants to buy an extended warranty because he likes it a lot and he wants to keep it a long time. And he can't really afford major repair bills, so he's going to go ahead and buy an extended warranty. That makes sense, but not if you don't know about it. And there's too many dealerships that rush, rush, rush in the finance office, and they assume that you want these things, and you sign the paperwork and you don't read it, and uh, next thing you know, you've bought a bunch of stuff that you don't really need or want. So buyer beware, number one. Number two, read your deal sheet or buyer's order. There, sometimes it's called a sales contract. So it could be a deal sheet, a buyer's order, or a sale contract. That's going to break down everything that you're buying, that you're paying for. At least it should. If they lump a bunch of stuff together, that's where you need to get up out of your seat and walk out of that place because they're not handling business correctly. But read the buyer's order. A lot of customers, that's just a part of the paperwork, and a, and a slick finance manager who doesn't play by the rules is going to just, that's going to be another document that he slides in front of you for you to sign that you don't read. And you're just sitting there just signing away. Boy, I just love how my signature looks. And you're just signing and signing, and, and you don't know what you signed. And then you sign the contract, and it doesn't say or the sale contract as far as the bank financing is concerned, and it doesn't really break break out a lot of stuff like the, the buyer's order will. And so, you know, you're just buying it based on the monthly payment. Bad move. So I'll take my last break, and I'll finish this little list of things that you must do. You just got to do them. I'll be back in a minute. So would you be mad if you paid a bunch of money for something? I mean big money. Like a, some people, some dealers charge double what they should for an extended warranty, and they just bury it in the paperwork and in your monthly payment. Would you be mad? I'd be furious, and I'd go in the next day. I would read my paperwork the next day. Don't wait two weeks. It's too late to do something about it then. Okay, buyer beware. Read your deal sheet, buyer's order, or sales contract. Very important. Number three, be willing to walk. Be willing to get up and leave. You can say bye, you can shake their hands, but say, folks, I don't like the way this game's being played. There's too much stuff being slid into this transaction. I'm not happy with it. I'm leaving. I wouldn't cut them any slack on that, folks. I really wouldn't. I just think if they're doing that, then they don't deserve your business. I truly believe that. Number four, before you buy anything, just go home and think about it. This is a big purchase. I mean, I've got a F-150 Lightning out there. That's one of those electric trucks. It's $90,000. And sometimes people will buy that like they're buying a sack of potatoes. They don't put much thought into it. 
And then they get into the finance office and all their guard is down now that they're all relaxed and they're, they're, they're thinking about, okay, man, where are we going to take our next vacation in this new truck? I'm so excited. And their defenses go down and they're not paying attention. They just sign everything that's put in front of them. That's a big mistake. I remember my first, I guess, first experience with a, an, an electrical engineer. And he was in the finance office, and I was a very inexperienced finance manager and really didn't know. I just, I was sweating like bullets. I mean, I'm sure he said, what is wrong with this kid? He sure does sweat a lot. But I wasn't trying to pull anything over on him. I printed out all the paperwork, and he says, okay, I'm going to excuse myself, and I'm going to go out in the lounge and I'm going to read this. Well, that never happened to me. Have you ever seen how long a bank contract is and all the print on the front and back? He wanted to read it all. He was out there for 30 minutes reading that contract. Came back and he said, okay, this looks all good to me. I'll just go ahead and sign it. But he knew everything about that contract. He knew that there was a prepayment penalty. Now, a lot of banks do that. Most banks don't anymore, but there are prepayment penalties on a lot of contracts. Um, he knew that if you bought an extended warranty, it was on there. He could see it. He took the time to read it before he signed the paperwork. Just critically important for you to do that. Young people, old people, whoever, listen to me. Read the paperwork. Stop signing stuff that you don't know what it says. I mean, because they're going to stick it in front of you, and they'll say, hey, just sign here, just sign here, sign here, sign here, and you're just signing your name. So what is, wait a minute. What is this that I'm signing? Hold on. You're going too fast. You can say that, and I'd re recommend that you do. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of My Car Guru. I'm doing everything I can to protect you from dishonest car dealers. They're out there, or even individuals can be dishonest as well. Some of them are worse than car dealers. Most car dealers are good people. They just have a few bandits working for them, and those are the ones you have to look out for. Well, thanks for listening. 423-552-2020 is my cell phone number. Call me, text me, and I'll do what I can to help you. We'll see you next time.